I do invite you to take out your Bibles for this most joyous of occasions to be able to seek the Lord together this morning. Take out your Bible for it is that which unites our hearts together in prayer this morning. It is that that we turn to to seek the Lord. We, we cannot bring hearts to seek the Lord together uh, if we are not together engaged and wrapped in the text of Scripture itself. So let's turn once again to Exodus chapter 20 this morning as we continue our way through the Ten Commandments, using these as just biblical texts to unite our hearts to God's Word, to who God is, to what He demands of us, and what we must do because we have not been what He has told us to be. Exodus chapter 20, we begin reading once again in verse 1, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness or anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Well, our focus this morning, though we keep in mind all of these commandments, because each of these, we're not like moving on each week, one to the next, so we forget the previous week and go to the next, and then forget the previous. All of these this morning are means of grace from our God to prepare our hearts uh, to seek Him and to uh, pursue Him as He has demanded of us. And this morning, our focus is the ninth commandment that we read about there in Exodus chapter 20, and in verse... 16, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Well, the clear prohibition here is against bearing false witness against our neighbor, lying, saying untrue things about our neighbor. And what God is doing here is He's continuing to flesh out for His people, this is the God that I am. This is what I expect from a people who live and love, who live unto me and love me. And then out of the overflow of that, also your love to me is expressed in your love to your neighbors, to other people. And he's been going through, uh, you shall honor your mother and father, shall not murder, shall not commit adultery, shall not steal. And now this morning you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Even our sins of the, the sins of our tongue, our sins against our neighbor, but first and foremost, sins against God Himself. 
So what is the commandment that we have here? The idea has to do with legal testimony. Think about it this way. Bearing false witness to a crime by accusing an innocent person of a criminal act can bring great harm on that person, right? It's an innocent person. But if you bear testimony against that innocent person that you were witness to a crime that they committed, can that not, can that not have dire consequences on that individual? Absolutely. And the Lord here in these Ten Commandments, particularly the second half of them, is telling us that as His people, we do all we can to protect, to not harm innocent people. But lying does just the opposite of that. In fact, God's anger at something that we often perceive as just nonchalant, just kind of a, a fact of life, I mean, everybody does it. God's own anger against bearing false testimony is so great that in Deuteronomy chapter 19, he calls for the same punishment that is brought upon an individual because of a lying testimony brought against them to be brought on the liar. Now, catch that. That's God's wrath, God's ire, if you will, God's anger towards lying, bearing false witness. If lying has brought consequences on an innocent individual, God says, upon the liar shall be brought the same judgment that was brought upon the innocent person because of the lying. The commandment against bearing false witness in Jesus' ministry, as we've seen with all the commandments, also has a broader implication. No less dangerous, but a broader implication for truthfulness of speech, particularly when it comes to issues of gossip and slander. Just as in legal testimony in a court of law against, a, an, against an individual, when we, with our tongues, say things that are untrue about an individual, slanderously, when our minds are convinced we're right, but we're, just, we're, we're blowing it out of proportion, we're, 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 we're making it bigger than it is, or when we just fabricate something just because we have an agenda, when we say something about an individual that causes that person's family or friends or community, their acquaintances, to have a moment to question their integrity, to question their character, to question their reputation. In that moment, we have broken the ninth commandment. And gossip and slander, though we don't always, in fact, we rarely see it in this way. Gossip and slander are so evil that you've read Romans chapter 1. You remember that list of sins that Paul lays out that demand the wrath of God to be poured out, the wrath of an almighty God to be poured out, the sins of idolatry, the sins of adultery, the sins of homosexuality. Go look at it. What's in that list? Slandering and gossip. We don't tend to uphold these as sins of such gravity, do we? God takes sins of the tongue seriously. God takes truth seriously. And we will be very quick this morning to say, well, so do I. But do we? Do we? Why is truth-telling so important? 
Well, the answer is always theological. The answer is, why is God so adamant about truth-telling? And why is he so angry about lying? And the answer comes because of the character of God. Because God himself is, Isaiah tells us in chapter 65, the God of truth. The Father is, by nature, truth. Jesus tells us in the New Testament, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We read in John's Gospel about the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus says, I will ask the Father and He will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit, Holy Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. In chapter 15, verse 26, John says this again about the Holy Spirit. When the Helper comes, who I will send you, you will find from the Father the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He will bear witness about me. And his witness will be true. Why? Because he's the Spirit of truth. Chapter 16, verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Chapter 17, verse 17. These are also all within one turn of the page. Chapter 17, verse 17. Sanctify them in your truth. Why? This is Jesus praying to the Father. Sanctify these that you've given to me in the truth. Why? Because your word, Father, is truth. Titus chapter 1, verse 2. Describes God as a God who not won't lie, who cannot lie. And this is why when this ninth commandment, the prohibition to bearing false witness, more broadly to slander with our tongue, to gossip with our tongue, is worthy of the wrath of God. It's because God knows nothing of bearing false witness. It is antithetical to who he is. It is a betrayal of his character, of his person, of who he is in that moment of disregard for an individual's reputation, in that moment of untruth-telling. We are sinning against the very character and nature of the God we profess to love. In fact, God is so wrapped up in truth. Think about this. I was wrestling with this this week as I, I was reading from a, another old, old writer from the past. In the Ten Commandments, God says, thou shalt not murder. And then Jesus broadens that and says, even if you've said a, a, an, an angry thing, you're guilty of that. If you've had a, a, an unkind thought, if you've been angry towards an individual, and yet Jesus murdered, and Jesus got angry. Did he break the commandment? Jesus murdered his own son. And Jesus got angry. We saw, we've seen it even in, in John's gospel. They're in temple worship. How can he do all those things? And not violate the command? Well, because he is holy. His holy anger is a holy anger. His, his murdering is a holy murdering. But we never see a 
holy, bearing false witness. We, we never see God in Christ through the Spirit bearing false witness, and it's a holy bearing false. We never see that. He is so wrapped up in truth, Titus 1-2. He's a God who cannot lie. It's so foreign to his being. In contrast to the character of God, telling lies, slandering, gossiping, reflects the character of who? Who is described as the father of lies, of bearing false witness in Scripture? Satan himself. In that moment of oftentimes even self-righteousness, we feel justified in sometimes the slander and bearing false witness. We can feel like it's a holy bearing false witness. There is no such thing. (laughs) There's no such thing. And the book of Revelation tells us about the work of the enemy. Just kind of contorting the truth just enough that we feel like we are justified and yet we have completely betrayed the God of the Bible. This morning as we come to the word of God as a means of grace to unite our hearts together to seek the Lord, it matters how we pray. As we search our own hearts this morning, Search our hearts about words we've spoken this morning. Words we spoke yesterday. Words we spoke this past week. Whose image do they reflect? Both the words you said and the heart from which you said them. Do they reflect the father of lies? Because you weren't telling the truth? Because you fabricated the truth? You made something up? Or maybe you just kind of turned the truth a certain way, didn't give all the information, just gave what you wanted the person to know so they would agree with you, even though you held back information. Is that the father of lies, or is that the God who cannot lie? Many of us are very quick to assume we've kept the ninth commandment when the fact is, We've all been guilty of gossip and slander behind closed doors. Every one of us are guilty of gossip, of telling people things about others that we're not absolutely sure it's true, but I heard this. Right? I I didn't do my due diligence. I didn't go to the source. I didn't go, but I heard this. Or this is what I think, or this is my interpretation of things, and I'm going to convey it as though it's, Concrete, solid truth. Or telling people things they don't need to know just because you like being that person who's in the know or seen as in the know. What's this ninth commandment about? Repent. Repent. 